0: please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start
1: the show. Hey, this is Tripp Lanier, host of the new man podcast. What you're about to hear is the audio taken from a video that I've created, and it may make a lot more sense if you can actually see the visuals that go along with what you're hearing. You can watch all of the videos by visiting the NewmanPodcast.com. Hey there, I'm Trip Lanier. I'm a professional coach. Uh I host the New Man Podcast, which has been downloaded millions of times. And I'm also the author of this book, Will Make You Dangerous. And for whatever we're about to talk about today, just keep whatever works for you and discard whatever doesn't. Um, we're gonna talk about meditation today. I get I get this question, is like, am I am I meditating properly? Is this the right way? Um let's zoom out for a second. Why do we want to meditate when we're on this path of personal growth and we're learning new ideas and we're getting all this new knowledge and it, it can create this gap between what we're doing and what we're thinking, right? So we know we should be doing this we know we should be doing that, but on the other side, it's like we're still in this reactive place we're making dumb choices um it's like we're being chained to an idiot that that's what it can feel like for me and so if we want to be able to step out of this place of creating our lives from this reactive uh, emotional, highly emotional place, we want to develop a sense of self-leadership. So when somebody hires me, when a client hires me, they're making big changes in their life. They're, they're changing the trajectory that they're on. Maybe, maybe they're doing pretty well for themselves. Maybe they're in a pretty lousy place. They, they realize that they don't want to stay in the same place for the next five, 10, 20 plus years. And so They're wanting to have a better profession. They want to have better relationships. They want to just even get their own personal life on track. All of that comes down to the choices that we make. So if we make lousy choices, we get lousy outcomes. If we make smarter choices, we get better outcomes. So again, we're coming back to getting, we want to get out of this reactive mind. We want to develop our own sense of self-leadership. We want to think for ourselves instead of getting stuck in this herd mentality. We want to be able to ask ourselves, what is it? That I really want to do. And this is why I encourage all of my clients to start a meditation practice. The, there are tons of benefits. Of course, there's stuff out there about feeling more centered, more relaxed, calming down the nervous system. All of that's fantastic. But when it comes to shifting the trajectory of our lives, our businesses, or our relationships, developing this self-awareness is essential to the work that we're doing. We want to be able to recognize the patterns that are getting in the way. We want to recognize those patterns so we can disrupt them, so we can make better choices, and so we can have the ability to slow down in the moment instead of getting hijacked by whatever fear or doubt or scarcity may be showing up. So I've been meditating since the late 90s. I've done a handful of retreats. Uh, Mainly, they were kind of Buddhist in nature. Uh, You know, From the outside in, if you were to see some of these things, they look kind of Kind of weird people in robes, guy carrying around a big stick, chanting those types of things. I, uh, I did, I did one retreat. It was a ten day silent retreat, and I think on day four or five, somebody had a sense of humor. They served us a bean, um, a bean dish for lunch, and so wow. you can kind of imagine how things unfolded wow. that afternoon in the zendo when we were all sitting there and. Uh it, it just sounded like a, a room full of angry cats. It was it was bad. Anyway. Before we talk about what meditation is, let's talk about what it isn't. Uh, a lot of people think that meditation is getting into a flow state. Oh, I'm you know, gardening is my meditation, or running is my meditation, or cooking or cleaning or whatever the hell it is that you're into can become my meditation. I, I wanted to separate that that those are all fantastic but what we're most likely my most likely experiencing in those moments is is a flow state where we tend to get really focused we tend to lose that chatter that is usually going on in our brain that self doubt all of that uh just noise that's going on and we get into that flow state and that's a wonderful experience but i'm going to throw out there that it's not Meditation per se, um there are many, many, many different types of meditation, whether you're talking about just wanting to chill out uh, you know you, you put on some music, I guess you'd call it music it's it's the sound of you know some hippie on a flute and some guy taking a piss in the creek, and then another <laughs> i guess the the weed dealer dropped his bowl and it's kind of going down the hill that you get you listen to that stuff and you chill out, relax. um there's other types of meditation where you get into a sense of loving kindness. You get into a state of gratitude and, and heart opening. Uh, we train, uh, think about how often we're going through our day and we're thinking about all the things that aren't going right. We're thinking about all the things that are going wrong and everything that's gonna be terrible and and shitty. And, and, and so that type of a meditation can really help us find our heart again and realize, hey, you know, things are, are going really well. And then we feel more expansive and, and strong in that way. Um, meditation can also be a, a form of prayer. It can be a spiritual practice in that sense where we are communing with something that is larger than ourselves. Um, for today, I want to talk about a practice that is rooted in mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is where we sharpen our mind. We we really want to bring it in, we want to bring our awareness to things and and be able to witness what is happening. This is how we start to create some separation between that reactivity. It allows us to slow down instead of just being impulsive throughout our day. Uh, it helps us choose a better response and therefore get on a better trajectory. So let's talk about what to do. When it comes to this mindfulness practice, uh, we want to eliminate distractions. I think it's great just to find a place to sit. I, I don't want any guides. I don't want any music. I don't want anybody talking to me. Uh, it, what we really want to do is eliminate all of that out external stimulus, so that we can simply witness what is going on between our ears. So you can sit down, and you want to sit in a comfortable position. Um, set a timer. I think I think to set a timer for 10 minutes is great. If, if you can only do two, great, and then add a number, another minute each day, that's fantastic. I do 20 minutes a day. Um, and you can start out just by focusing on the sensation of the breath. And about 20 seconds in, maybe 10 seconds in, your mind... Is going to wander. That's what happens. Many times people be like, ah, oh, you know what man? I mean? I just can't do this meditation stuff because I can't, I can't stop my thoughts. Well, you're you're not. You're not going to stop your thoughts. Your mind is going to wander. Essentially, we just want to be able to come back to what is happening in the moment when it comes. And, and the sensations are the best place to do that. The sensations are always there. They're not a construct of our mind. And I'm sure there's some philosopher that will argue against that. But but the idea is that we're not off in a fantasy. We're not off in the past or the future. We can simply come back to the sensations. And so from that place, we want to develop this idea of the witness. What is the witness? So various voices are going to show up throughout this time on the on the cushion where they're going to pull us away from this practice. They're going to pull us away from our awareness of the sensations. We want to simply watch them. We can get sucked into arguments. We can get sucked into fantasies. We can get sucked into comparing ourselves to others, making plans for the day, strategizing how to do this. How am I going to write this thing? How am I going to respond to that thing? We can get stuck in replaying old things. I should have done this. I should have said that. I should have, would have, should have, would have, could have, right? Um, we simply want to watch this. It's going to be normal for us to be like, damn it, I'm I'm not paying attention, and here comes the critic. We want to watch the critic. We want to watch the critic come in and chastise us and judge us and analyze things. Why am I always doing this? What's wrong with me? You want to watch that voice. In other words, you're going to start to realize that there is a TV show happening in your mind all the time that there are these characters. There's the one character that does this thing. There's another character that comes in and judges. There's another character that comes in there and says, hey, we need to analyze this and understand. It's kind of like watching the comments section on social media all just play out within your own brain. We want to just simply watch this. We don't want to try to participate in it. We want to just get to know it. Why is this? This is our distorted lens of reality. This is how this stuff, these voices are shaping how we perceive Reality. This is how we see the world. So it shapes how it shapes the opportunities we see. It shapes the opportunities we don't see. It shapes everything about how we see the world, and that's that's critically important. If we can start to recognize that we're viewing the world through this distortion, through these voices, through these different players, we want to recognize that this is happening all the time. That this drama is playing out all the time. And with practice, we can get to know ourselves. We can get to know these characters. I, I like to think of them as um, like having board members, right? So we're in a, in a boardroom, and everybody's sitting at the table, and there's a couple of pricks in there, I'm not going to lie, and then there's there, maybe there's some some sad people or some wounded people in there, and then there's some anxious people, and there's the vain person. Whatever that is, these are all the aspects of the self. These are all the aspects of you, and they're all striving for power. They're all striving for control. They're all fighting to be the head of the table. They all want to be the chairman of the board. So we want to recognize them first and foremost. And then we want to be able to zoom out and say, you know what? I'm the chairman. I'm the guy that listens to them. I listen to each member of the table. I give them a voice. We don't want to banish them. We don't want to push them away because that just makes things a lot worse. Uh, that's how we create a sense, of, uh, that's how we create shadow. Uh, we want to give them a vote, but we don't want to give them control. And what this does is it keeps us from being powerless. It keeps us from becoming victims to them where we're losing control of that stuff, where we are allowing ourselves to be hijacked by these things. So get to know them. We want to put them in the foreground instead of having them in the background lurking in the shadows. We want to see them, and we want to expect them to come up. So when we go into different situations, we go like, I can expect this part of me to show up. I can expect this vain part of me to show up, or I can expect this controlling part of me to show up. Whatever the, the, the guy that needs to be right all the time, I, oh, okay, I know that guy's probably going to show up, so I want to keep an eye out for him, and I want to make sure that he's not the one that hijacks this situation and and takes it down the wrong road. So what's possible if we do this? This is how, at least for me, I, I feel more spacious in my day. If, if I've missed a few days of that, I, uh, of, of practicing meditation, I can begin and be like, wow, I'm just in a, in a shitty mood. I, I noticed that when I am practicing, there are days where it's like, I, this thing showed up, this thing... Kind of should have pissed me off more than it did. I don't feel as agitated as I should be from this. Um, we get less tripped up by stuff we we I, we still get tripped up, but you come back to center a lot quicker we we notice like, oh wait a second, I've gotten hijacked here, and so maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't devolve into a, a real, you know, turd tossing kind of scenario. We catch it, say, "Oh, I'm doing that thing. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take some space and, and recenter myself. Come back to the chairman of the board, so to speak." Uh, we can anticipate those challenges, like we talked about, and, and, and instead of say, "Okay, I know this is the stuff that usually pulls me off center. So how do I want to respond instead?" Um, more importantly, this is how we develop a stronger sense of self. We're less likely to be eclipsed by the things that make us sad or angry or anxious, we can recognize that that's not all of who we are. We can still be sad. We can still be angry. We we can still be anxious, but it doesn't take us over. It doesn't doesn't, uh, dominate who we are. Um, And from this place, we can start to see that, wait a second, what is it that I most want in my life? it can feel good. It can feel like a sense of aliveness to be angry. It can, we, can, we might get attention for being sad and, and getting some kind of pity or whatever that might be. Um, but having access to that and realizing that's just a layer, that's just more of that kind of distorted lens that we're looking through allows us to tap into ourselves and say, hey, wait a second, what is it that I most want in my life? And if you're familiar with the book that I wrote, this book will make you dangerous. We can start to tap into that sense of freedom, aliveness, love, and peace that we, that we really want. Um, all of this takes practice. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, getting into a flow state doesn't teach us how to do this. Listening to bells and that guy pissing in the creek doesn't teach us how to, how to do this. We, we really need to develop this ability to, to be mindful. It is a practice. It is a skill to develop, to be able to watch that movie that's always play, playing in our heads and to be able to tap into that deeper part of us that isn't limited by fear, scarcity, or entitlement. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Please consider subscribing. Check out all the free goodies at newmanpodcast.com. and you can find this book will make you dangerous uh, at any, I guess Amazon's the best place to go, no matter what country you're in. So here's to freedom, aliveness, love, and peace. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you want to take full advantage of all that the new man has to offer, be sure to visit the newmanpodcast.com and grab the solutions I've created to help you play a bigger game, align your profession with what really matters, and keep your relationships out of the ditch. It's all available at the newmanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.